Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, kinfolk? It's RJ Young. I am not on a step mill. Welcome to the number one college football show where you're probably listening on the podcast or on YouTube or watching on Fox Sports app. This is an opportunity for us to incorporate one of my great buddies, great pals, great college football voice, Jeff Schwartz, into the show. We did this by doing a CFB on Fox Spaces that we are going to do every Tuesday night at about 8.15 Eastern Standard Time, or excuse me, Central Standard Time, 9.15 Eastern Standard Time. I can't tell time, but... I will tweet it out. Jeff will tweet it out. You'll see it on CFB on Fox. So if you hear spaces or you hear Jeff, know that we took that opportunity to try to incorporate more of, well, my friends and me into the show. I hope you enjoy it. Let us know. Leave a rating and review on the podcast. At us on Twitter. You know, leave a YouTube comment. Let us know what you think. All right. Let's go talk to Jeff. Welcome to the CFB on Fox spaces. He is Fox Sports NFL and gambling analyst Jeff Schwartz. I am Fox Sports National College Football Analyst and host of the number one college football show. And we have a lot to discuss in this week one of outstanding football games in this college football and spaces brought to you by Wendy's, which leads me to the most important question of the day. Jeff, how was the Wendy's? No better way to start off the college football season, RJ, than with some Wendy's. It was a great cheeseburger. It was delicious. It was a great way to start off this college football season. I cannot wait. We had a little taste last week, right? A little, a little taste of college football. Uh, some good ratings for the early games, but dude, I'm so pumped for this weekend. A full slate of games, and Wendy's was a great way to start off our week. Absolutely, man. Like uh, I had the cheeseburger, the chicken nuggets, and the crispy golden fries. I really enjoy those with the side of barbecue sauce. Probably going to look forward to having something like that as we get into the biggest game of the weekend, Saturday night, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is Notre Dame, number five Notre Dame at Ohio State. Set the table just a little bit. Ohio State leads the all-time series 4-2, but Ohio State has won the last four in a row dating back to 1935, 1936, which I think is outstanding. They've won 27 straight home openers. I guess for me, Jeff, right off the top, I'm looking across at Notre Dame, who's got what I think is the biggest game on their schedule, certainly the biggest away game on their schedule. What do you think it's going to take for them to walk out of the shoe with a W? Defense, right? I mean, they're going to have to play good defense. I mean, like it's the simplest way to put it. I mean, I know Ohio State had a bunch of wide receivers that went to the NFL, but guess what? They have more wide receivers on their roster going to the NFL, right? They have C.J. Stroud. They have an offensive line that is a little underwhelming at times for my like, but they're very athletic. They're always athletic. They always move guys off the ball. They have great running backs. And so to me, it's, it's can you keep Ohio State under 35 points? I'm not quite sure Notre Dame can score 35 points. I know Ohio State's defense at times gets suspect, but they have a brand new defense, new defensive coordinator. They're going to be more multiple. We saw them lose to Oregon last year or in the season. They were just static on defense. The Oregon knew what they were going to do. No longer going to happen with Jim Knowles. So they're going to have a different flavor on defense. We know they can rush the passer always. So to me, it's about can Notre Dame 
score 35 points as well. And I'm not sure, RJ. I think that's an interesting point you brought up about Ohio State being static on defense last year. And one of the things that we overlook as casual college football fans is the importance of having a defense that is not just multiple, but can give you a whole bunch of different looks. And if you're able to do that in year one as Jim Knowles against a new starter in Tyler Buckner, you certainly are going to be able to give the Ohio State Buckeye defense an edge. I want to add in there, they're adding a grad transfer from Oklahoma State at safety in Tanner McAllister who's very familiar with Jim Knowles' uh, 4-2-5. But I'm really also interested in how much we're going to see Tommy Reese be able to help yeah. Tyler Buckner with that offensive line in that Jared Patterson is questionable. He probably will play. We'll see. But do you think it's important that he plays or doesn't play against Ohio State in this season opener? Well, yeah, of course it's important if he plays. Look, Notre Dame's offensive line last year had their issues, which is which is surprising because we haven't seen that for so many years now. But they were young, man. They had injuries. Like, they should be better this season, right? They absolutely should be better. And so I think if you're counting on them to make that big improvement, they should have that improvement this season. And again, when you go into the shoe, it's important. We saw last year, Oregon ran the ball really well. They controlled the tempo of the game. They controlled the physicality of the game. That plays a big role, obviously, in winning and losing. So Notre Dame has to do all these things to come out. Again, Oregon did everything they had to do to win last season. They checked all the boxes. They, it all happened for them. Can Notre Dame do the exact same thing? They they can, but I'm just not so Notre Dame this year in general. I think they're a little overrated. Um, I'm just not quite sure where all the playmakers are um, to, to, to put themselves in the top five to start the season. Uh, Marcus Freeman's a brand new coach, right? First time doing this as a head coach. It seems to be there's – no one questions that part of this equation when it comes to Dan Lanning and Oregon. It's, oh, it's first time head coach, Georgia, man. It seems to be no question here about Marcus Freeman. I, I don't know why not. It's his first time. I know he coached the bowl game, but first time having an entire program to himself for the entire offseason, game playing for Ohio State. And so I think for me, there's question marks there about his first opportunity now to have his own team. That's, I think, a valid question with Notre Dame. I hear you on that. And I guess I would counter with Marcus Freeman He's been a part of the program in a way that Dan Lanning was not at Oregon last year. He also has an offensive coordinator who knows him and he knows. And Al Golden is not new to Marcus Freeman to say nothing of the kind of defense that Marcus Freeman has been able to put on the football field. However, I do agree with you in that this is not just his first actual year to be head coach. This is the first big time football game for which he's going to have to coach. And he's got this added emotional burden yeah. of this being his alma mater where he was an outstanding linebacker and really got his first opportunity to be a coach as a grad assistant so I hear you on that in that we should probably be questioning more of what Marcus Freeman is, is capable of and, and how many x factors there are but to that end what do you think Ohio State has to do offensively to prove to the rest of us that they can play in the national championship this year in this game against Notre Dame well, to me, it's not offensively, man. It's defensively. Like, mm. offensively, they're going to be fine. Like, they're going to be okay. They're going to score 35 to 42 to 45 points every single game. Yeah, they're going to have some of the off game where they don't. But I expect them to score 35 points. Like, to me, it's not about what they do on offense. We know they can play offense. CJ Stroud should be even better with, with another year of experience, right? Again, they have great wide receivers, great running backs, good offensive line. They're going to be fine offensively. In game one, they're going to have, again, months to prepare for Notre Dame. They're going to know exactly how to attack them. They're going to have the trick plays up. They're going to have cool things in week one. To me, it's the defense. The defense. Can their defense be better this season? Can they be multiple? Can they get off the field? Can they force turnovers? Like things they weren't so good at, you know, so good doing last year. That, to me, is the key to their season. Defense, 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 defense. 
should be an outstanding game for Zach Harrison, Jack Sawyer, JT Tuimolau, and the likes to Roger Mitchell in the middle to prove that that defense is outstanding. Let's move to what I think is the second biggest game on the schedule this weekend. That would be your number 11 Oregon Ducks versus the number three ranked and defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs. This game is being played in Atlanta and somebody had the audacity to call it a neutral site game. I am not (laughs) one of those people, but off the top, Jeff, what are you looking for from your Oregon Ducks in this game? So Oregon, by the way, has called this at Georgia the entire time. They like other schedules says at Georgia on their website. It does not (laughs) say like versus Georgia neutral site in Atlanta. Um, You know, what I'm looking for for Oregon is defensively. Can they be the unit that keeps this game close. Uh, there's a lot of talk about Georgia's defense, rightfully so. Jalen Carter, right? Nolan Smith, Kaylee Ringo. Like, these guys are fantastic. Great football players, first-round draft picks, elite-level players. But Oregon also has guys on their defense that will be first-round draft picks. Noah Sue will be a first-round draft pick. Christian Gonzalez at corners getting talked about a first-round draft pick. Brandon Dorless, um, DJ Johnson in, on, on the defense. Like, they have guys, too. So, defensively, can Oregon do enough early in the game to keep this close. Georgia lost two offensive linemen to the draft, a wide receiver, two running backs. So like there are some pieces they have to, you know, they have five stars to replace those guys. I get all that. Setson Bennett to me, not the best quarterback in the world. So can Oregon do things defensively to keep this game close? Because I don't trust Bo Nix. Zero percent trust in Bo Nix. I, I get it. He, he's a new environment. He needs a new coach, new, hearing new things, doing something a little different than he's done in the past. But we have three years of him uh, playing in in games in the SEC conference. Like I don't, I don't, I typically don't believe players in year four turn to something they haven't been for the first three years. So if we can avoid the Bonix mistakes, we have our entire offensive line back plus a couple of young guys that'll play. We have good good running backs, good wide receivers. So again, there's a formula keeping this game close. The question is the physicality over 60 minutes. Are we there yet in our program to get this done? Also, again, same question for Marcus Freeman. Dan Lanning's first time as a head coach. He's 36 years old. His offensive coordinator is 32 years old. First time having an offense. Like there are questions, uh, there are questions with experienced coaching staff against a very veteran Georgia team that just won a championship. So there's a recipe to keep it close. Can we win? Not quite sure, but I'll take a close game. I would be remiss if I didn't say the best 30 seconds I've ever seen Bo Nix play was against your Oregon Ducks as a true freshman. But I also, he's shaking his head. He's shaking his head. I love it. I Look, all, all jokes aside on that, I agree with you, right? Can you stay in this game? Because this has been my point about Oregon the whole time. If you make this a one-score game or even a 10-point game, I'm probably going to think more about the Oregon Ducks than I am about the Georgia Bulldogs. However, Georgia is got the least amount of returning starters of any team in the SEC outside of LSU who had a coaching turnover from top to bottom. They only got three guys back. I think you're also talking about Stetson Bennett, who is the only walk-on quarterback to win a national (laughs) championship in the college football playoff era. But also Kirby Smart seems to love that style of quarterback so much so that he's run off more talented quarterbacks so that he has a guy that keeps his defense in the ball game. Now, if Stetson Bennett puts the ball on the floor, puts throws it to the other team like he's want to do, I think Oregon's going to have an opportunity to yeah. do this. I'm not so interested, though, in what Kenny Dillingham and Bo Nix are going to do. I'm more interested in what Dan Lanning, Tosh Lapoy, Noah Sewell, and answer this for me, Jeff. 
Can I expect to see the Justin flow that I saw in <laughs> high school? Because I do play 15 quarters, but every time he plays, it's outstanding. And I love the kid. He's played four quarters in two years. Um, and that was one game against Fresno last year. He had 12 tackles and then he hurt his foot in practice. Supposedly he's been wild in camp. Like he, mm. he has all the talent. He, he has the physicality. He has the motor. He has the smarts about staying healthy. You put him and Noah Sewell together. That's one of the best linebacking duos in the country. And against Georgia, you need players that can run. Both those guys can fly. They can run. They're fast and they're big and they're strong. Uh, to me, it's more about the defensive line holding up, right? We've seen throughout the years, the Pac-12 schools playing these SEC teams. Are you big enough? Mark Cristobal recruited players to Oregon that in that mold of trying to be big enough. They brought in uh, transfers for, they brought in a kid from Nebraska on the defensive line, 6'5", 330. Like they're trying to get bigger at Oregon. This is a great test in week one to see if they are capable of that. Again, win or lose, you know, you lose by 10 points. You, you, you play physical. It's a close game. You consider that a step in the right direction as far as the physical nature of your program. I'd also be remiss if I didn't point out that Dan Lanning is not just uh, a new head coach, but was the defensive coordinator at Georgia where he was yes. last year had the number one scoring defense in the country two oh, out of the last incredible. three years. If he can bring anything like that to Oregon Ducks football, I think the Pac-12 is going to have its hands full. I want to move to another game that I think is pretty doggone interesting this weekend. That's number 23 Cincinnati at number 19 Arkansas. This is going to be the first time that either one of these teams have played each other. The spread is just six points. Luke Fickle has refused to name a starting quarterback. We think it's either going to be Ben Bryant or Evan Prater. For those of you that don't know, Ben Bryant threw for over 3,000 yards at Eastern Michigan last year, had 354 against the Toledo team that had Notre Dame on the ropes, and Evan Prater is the highest-rated recruit that Cincinnati's ever had. One of those guys is going to replace the third winningest quarterback in FBS history in Desmond Ritter. He went 44-7 and as a starter. What intrigues you about this game, Jeff? Well, can Cincinnati do it again? Like this mm. feels like a prime letdown spot, right? Where you have this this playoff appearance, you lose a close. It wasn't a close game, but it felt closer than it probably was against Alabama. But now you lose your best defensive player, your best offensive player, and your quarterback. Do you have those guys to retool and get ready to go? Is there a letdown after this game? And you have an Arkansas program that feels like they're ascending, right? Quarterbacks back, got, got some good transfers on offense. Defense a little suspect, but can run the ball really well. And to me, it feels like a prime letdown spot for Cincinnati. Like, I like Arkansas to cover the six points. Um, I just think that they had this magical season. It was great. But now you replace a lot of those core players, and you do so on the road against Arkansas. I, I saw the stat. Arkansas, I believe, is 19-3 and since, like, 2000 in opening weekend games. Like, they're just weirdly good at home, um, especially at home in those games. So I don't know if that matters very much to hear, but I think it's just a difficult place to play early in the season. And I think Cincinnati's in for a lot of trouble. I'm very intrigued by this game. Uh, for starters, that 19 and three that you spoke about, they haven't had a team the caliber of Cincinnati to come play Correct. them to in a week one matchup in a very long time. But also to that point, this is a prime spot for Arkansas to prove what I've thought for the last three years, which is Sam Pittman has the Arkansas Razorbacks trending toward winning the SEC West. They get closer and closer every year. Last year, they were 9-4. and four. They return a starting quarterback in KG Jefferson that I love. He will lower his shoulder and hit linebackers. Yes. That charges up your offense. You add Jaden Hazelwood, an Oklahoma transfer. You're going to absolutely play outstanding defense with Barry Odom 
and you're adding Drew Sanders to that linebacking court, a five-star from Alabama, Jaden Catalan, I think could be an All-American this year. I also think that this is a prime candidate for Arkansas to let down, as you, as you said, too, because Cincinnati is getting $1.5 million to play this game. It is a prime oh, you, money in the bag candidate. You love these games, dude. It's your favorite. You love Yeah. Yes, you love these. Look, look. For me to to say that I love a game is for me to say that it is, you know, Thursday. But you got two head coaches I really love. You got two programs I think are on the rise. And to your point about can Cincinnati do it again, that's where we are. Can they do it again? Can they repeat as American champs? And can they keep this? I think they they have this very long streak of winning 11 straight years of their uh, their opening competition. Yeah. So we'll see which one of those comes to an end. Uh, and I'm interested to see which one of the quarterbacks steps up because – I honestly want to see Evan Prater play football, even if he has to wait another year behind a redshirt senior like Ben Bryant. Let's move to another game that I think is outstanding, and that is number seven, Utah at Florida. Going back to your Pac-12 country here, yes, Utah might be the best candidate for the Pac-12 to get in the college football playoff this year. Return Cam Rising, returning Tavion Thomas. What do they have to show at Florida with a team as that unranked is just a yeah. two-and-a-half-point dog to them? Man, Florida fans are very upset I picked Utah today on Twitter to win this game. I don't know if it's because it's the Pac-12 thing or they think they're being underrated, uh, but Utah is really good. Um, you know, offensively, they return Cam Rising. They return Tavion Thomas. They have to replace two offensive linemen, but they have outstanding tight ends. And they know who they know who they are on offense, which is very important, right? I think it's it's an important part of, of coaching and knowing who you are. They know who they are. They're going to run the football. They're going to play action pass and Cam Rising will make enough plays with his legs. They need they do have an issue of finding the kind of those explosive plays on the edges. It's always going to be a problem with Whittingham, but they, they think they have players that can win some one-on-ones. Defensively, they do have to replace Devin Lloyd and Nephi Sewell linebacker. Those are big concerns, but they have outstanding players in the secondary, Cole Bishop, Clark Phillips. They have a really stout defensive line. Like They're a very good team. They're going to win in the trenches, and they're going to play good defense, and they're very well coached. Ford, on their hand, Tons of talent, right? I get it. Billy Napier, first time head coach of Florida, obviously very successful at Louisiana. And Anthony Richardson getting a, a ton of pub. He's extremely athletic, extremely mobile, can make plays with his legs. But you're playing a defense that's very unforgiving, man. Like you cannot make mistakes against Utah's defense. It, they're just they're they're primed and ready for this game. And more importantly, I know I cover Utah and cover the Pac-12, but this is important to me. For many years, Utah was just happy with sort of ascending, climbing this ladder, right? And just kind of getting to the top of the Pac-12, obviously a very tough Rose Bowl loss. But RJ, they're talking like they deserve to be here now, which I think is very important heading into this game. Like they know they belong in college football and they know they belong at the top of college football. And they're playing now, if they win this game, their chance to college football playoff increases tons, right? I mean, you, you know, you, you allow yourself one Pac-12 loss in this instance. I just think they're they're better coach at the moment. I think Billy Napier is a good coach. We don't he's never coached at Florida before. They have a returning quarterback that's a Heisman hopeful. They can run the football. They're good in the trenches. They're good in the secondary. Like I just think they're going to win this game. Is really no indictment against Florida. I think Utah's in a better spot right now. I think that you are correct in that. They're in a better spot right now and they are sound fundamentally running the football and playing great run defense. They also add a Florida transfer at linebacker yes. in Muhammad Diabate, who had over 170 tackles at Florida last year, uh, over the last two years. I think he had 89 last year, but 
man, Florida's talented. I mean, you mentioned Anthony Richardson and what he's capable of doing, six foot four, two forty. Reportedly runs a four four forty. That's that's a load, especially when you're throwing for fifty nine percent. If he gets closer to 68 percent in his completion percentage, look out. But it's also that defense. You got defensive tackles like Gervin Dexter. You got linebackers like Ventrell Miller and Brenton Cox. If they can stop Tavion Thomas running the ball and force Cam Rising to beat them over the top with tight ends like Brent Keithy yeah. and Dalton Kincaid, I think I think Florida has an opportunity here, and that might be why the spread is so close. What do you think? Well, the spread is also close just because I think you you know, you have some some deference in the swamp. Like it's going to be hot, it's going to be humid. Utah's going to go a couple days early to get used to that, but that could also help them in their favor just as far as running the football. Right? If they're able to run the football, and you're exactly right, they're one of these teams that would prefer to stay out of third and long. Right? No, it's not that Cam Rising can't do it. It's more they don't have the wide receivers. Like they don't have guys that on third and seven you turn and say, okay, Cam Rising's throwing to that guy. They have tight ends fine but they don't have those those edge wide receivers right so they want to stay out of those situations so they keep the chains moving it's really what what would help them against ohio state and oregon was they just kept you know get four yards on on first down four yards on second down now it's third and two and not third and eight and so you're exactly right florida can early on stop the run game and get you to out of their of their formula run the ball play action pass a couple screens here and there hit the tight ends then you kind of screw up what they want to be on offense and you and you give yourself a chance in in, in opportunity. I just, you know, I would stress Utah secondary has first round draft pick and Clark Phillips. Cole Bishop plays a true freshman. Like they're, they're really good. And I think that we oh, we underestimate them because oh, Pac 12 school going the south. I think Utah's a really solid program right now. I'm very excited to see that secondary versus wide receiver matchup. Ricky Pearsall, Justin Short at Florida versus that Utah secondary, as you pointed out. That's a really good note from you. To finish out our spaces tonight, I want to talk about the Thursday night game on Big Fox. That is Penn State at Purdue. Penn State in what I believe is a prove-it year for James Franklin, coming off of signing a 10-year, $70 million extension last year. They haven't had a 100-yard rusher at Penn State since November 28, 2020. (laughs) And you got Purdue coming off a nine-win season, feeling really good about returning Aiden O'Connell and some outstanding players to that roster for them in the form of like Charlie Jones and Tyron Tracy, two guys transferred from Iowa. What are you looking for in this game? I'm looking for, for Penn State's defense. They have to replace six starters, and um, you, they're a really good, really good unit last year. So what can they do defensively to slow down Purdue's attack? And part of it, too, is like for whatever reason, Purdue plays ranked opponents well at home no matter what. Like it's like, you know, we've seen so many years now they've had these upsets. So whatever they've got to do defensively to slow to Aiden O'Connell has to happen. And then offensively, you mentioned it, right? Clifford's back and he's, he's healthy. And we saw last year when he was not healthy, how much that changed their offense. They, but they can't run the football. And when you're one-dimensional, especially on the road, it's hard to win football games, right? Especially when Purdue, I think, will be able to move the ball as Penn State kind of settles into their new starters on defense. So to me, it's can Penn State run the football now? Can they be a more balanced offensive attack on the road because that's going to be important this game to quiet the crowd down get some physicality going and one part about running the football that i think gets under discussed is when you're not playing well especially on the road right you kind of need a, a juice like you need some juice what, what 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 i do is run the ball five times in a row for 37 yards right like the juice is the whole team up but you have to have kind of that physicality base to get back to when you're struggling and does penn state have that right now i'm not sure so i kind of lean purdue in this one 
interesting that you point that out. James Franklin at Big Ten Media Days last year said the offensive line is going to be better. It wasn't as good as he thought it was going to be. And he said, this year, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to let you say it. And then it'll be gospel. And I was joking with coach because that's not how that works. But he also is going into year two with Sean Clifford and Mike Yersich, the offensive coordinator. They feel better about this. Sean Clifford was loose talking with me. Adds Mitchell Tinsley at wide receiver to go along with Parker Washington. And for me, the X factor is a true freshman in Nick Singleton. Very excited to see this dude play football, Jeff. He's the National Gatorade Player of the Year last year. He rushed for over 2,000 yards in the state of Pennsylvania, 44 touchdowns, and he's already putting up numbers as a true freshman that rivals Saquon Barkley. He's very excited to see what Nick Singleton is capable of. Okay, that is going to do it. For this week one episode of CFB on Fox's Spaces, brought to you by Wendy's, Jeff and I will be doing this with you every Tuesday, right here, same time, same place, for Jeff Schwartz, for our crew at Fox Sports, for the great folks at Wendy's. I'm RJ Young. We will see y'all next week, same place, same time. Deuces.